good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition Chewing the Fat Podcast Episode 38. Silky. Joe, the subject... Of today's podcast. Why you should throw away the scales. Throw them away. Process-based goals. Sassy, I like that. <laughs> yes, so this is born of this podcast, this video, this episode, this whatever you want to call it, whether you're liking it, watching it. Shit show. Hearing it. <laughs> Sploshing it. Um, it's born out of necessity because I am fucking sick to death <laughs> of people um, basing their entire happiness or state of mind or success on the flawed system that is scales. I love when you buy the dog something and he rips you up. <laughs> That's what dogs Yes, do. very um, frustrating as a coach and demoralising for a client or when you're not a client, just someone who's trying to improve. If you are basing, like James says, your happiness on a number that can fluctuate massively and a key thing... I'll say straight from the off is to separate facts from emotion. So if you get the scales and it says 16 stone, that is a fact. You then have a choice on how to react to that. And you need, if last week it said 15 stone 12, to separate the emotion from that and just say, am I actually doing the right things to achieve my goals or am I not? What can I do to influence this? What has affected this number? Yeah, like I said, and if you look back and your week has been really good at food, you've been really good at exercise and everything else, then take that into consideration, but they'll just go, you know, I weigh a couple of pounds more than I'd like to, or weigh, you know, a pound more than I did last week, therefore, everything has gone to shit, and now I need to drink a bottle of wine, because watch this, well, watch if you're watching, listen if you're listening. I've seen him drink it down a pint before, it could take a while. <laughs> I just drank some water, now I am technically heavier than I was before I drank it. I've not got any fatter, well, I'm out, but I don't think I should watch last, last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've gained any weight from drinking motherfucking water, but water weighs something. And I think that there's so many factors that can, so you see someone who have a really good week and they'll gain a pound, which is a gain that they've not earned, and then they'll have a massive blowout, and then the next week, they'll have either stayed the same, because they've gained, they have actually gained fat this time, and the, the natural fluctuation has, has leveled out as such. And you then see people getting frustrated again, but it's like, you didn't earn your first plateau, and now you actually have earned one, because you had the wrong reaction, and so, People have then progressed and then regressed and they end up staying at the same point. Whereas if you just stay on that, that even keel and focus on the process, then you'll be successful because you'll have actually had two good weeks and you'll, you'll make progress. And you see people are so quick to throw out their efforts and just go, it's not working, I'm giving in, you know, or I'm going to have loads of wine because this will make you feel better. And it's just learning to get past that because it's a natural reaction, but it's an absolutely useless coping mechanism that actually you're trading pleasure now for happiness long term so you see people will you know whether this is through a weigh-in or just through anything people will have a bit of a bit of a blowout to make themselves feel better in the moment but then they'll be frustrated at their weight and 
six weeks, six months, six years time because of that one moment of of pleasure or not even, and that's the frustrating thing I guess with, with binges and stuff, it's not even that pleasurable, you haven't even really enjoyed it and that's our big mantra I was talking to a client this morning and saying, I've got no issue with people drinking wine, eating chocolate, eating takeaways, as long as they're actually enjoying it, it's adding to their life. If you are eating it because you've had a shit day or an argument with your husband or you're tired, then is that really adding to your life or are there better ways for you to, to solve those problems that are going to help you lose some weight, help you feel healthier and be more confident and all those other good things. Yeah, there's a massive difference in between having some cake on a Tuesday afternoon because you had a really shit lunch and you're tired and it's in the office compared to you having a piece of birthday cake that your child made for you because it's your fucking birthday. There's two, you know, it's two slices of cake but two very, very different meanings. And, you know, one's adding to your life and one is just taking away from your life or not, certainly not adding. So I think, you know, people get a bit confused because we do ask our clients to weigh in, but we ask you to weigh in, or ask them to weigh in, sensibly. You know, just take it as a bit of data that you can plot on a graph. And the other kind of frustrating thing we get is people weigh frequently, and they'll be really happy when the weight drops. They'll be uh, unbelievably frustrated when the weight goes up. But that can happen overnight. But then still people put massive value in it. It's like if you had your, you know, if your bank account changed every single day, if you had like different direct debits going out and things going in and you didn't really know where it was, you wouldn't take it as like, this is exactly the amount of money I've got. I feel like I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. Go, keep going, more. Um, so if you, you know, if your weight varies by, you know, two or three pounds, you know, overnight, then don't put as much value or worth into that number because you can see how much it fluctuates. Weigh yourself on a morning, weigh yourself on an evening, it'll change. You know, you won't be, you know, bang on 16 stone. You might have gone to 16.2, you might be down to 15.12, depending on how much water you've had, depending on what you've eaten. You know, your weight will fluctuate massively and that's why, yes, use it, but it's just a piece of data. Don't put your entire worth on it, which I suppose should bring us onto the subject of the podcast today. Throw your scales. Yeah, so we're going to talk about goals. yeah, we're going to talk about process based goals. So I'm a massive fan of process based goals. Cool. <laughs> Wait for it. Um, and basically, it's a way you know. Lots of people that we'll speak to, lots of our clients will be kind of like serial dieters or you know kind of yo-yo dieters who've been struggling with the weight for 10, 15, 20 years sometimes, sometimes even That's longer. Say. And you know, a lot of people will see they'll get you know demotivated. They'll become unfocused when they stop seeing continuous results. Now, if you're looking to lose weight, you're never or very, very rarely are you going to see a positive result every single week. There's going to be a week where your weight goes up. There's going to be you know a, a week where your weight stalls or you get frustrated or you fuck up. You know, what I mean, like Joe said, you have a binge, you have a backward step. But that's not a reason to quit. So process goals are a great way of keeping that positivity, of almost creating like a, a tick list of things that will push you towards your goals. And that's why they're so good because they just keep that positive momentum moving forward. And every day, every week, every month, you can tick them off and you can see how much you're progressing. And the process will push you towards that weight loss. I think something to add to that is that if you focus on the process of, say, fat loss, it's going to be things that can minimize calories in and maximize calories out. So if you look at the, the calories outside of that, if you work on getting as strong and physically fit as possible. Physically fit, physically fit. Nice. Thank you. Then it's gonna make it an awful lot easier for you to maintain your weight. I think it's, is it Lane Norton says we don't have a problem, we don't have a fat loss problem, we have yeah. a, a weight maintenance problem. Is that a lot of people lose weight and then bang it back on. 
because they haven't got the process right because they've done it for a single period of time. And I'm always quite quick to jump on people when they say, I'm gonna do it for this long and then like, there is no and then, you just have to keep going. Or they say, I can't wait for it to be, you know, subconscious, like it never will be. It's always gonna be, you're not gonna walk into a shop and be repulsed by crisps and pizzas and chocolate. Or someone said, I don't wanna see food as pleasure. How do a few people say this? Like food is pleasurable. Going out for meals and celebrations and all these things are, Oh, he's going to revolve around food. Yeah, You're not going to turn into a robot. So you have to be able to deal with these situations because they're going to come up. You don't want to not have them. You know, even for me and you, are quite happy to be boring and you know not engage in these things. We'll still want to do it occasionally. Yeah, of course, but it's because it's that whole thing. Of, so I'm, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I've eaten really well all week, but I know tomorrow I'm going to eat half a meter of pizza, or I'm going to tempt it. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a one um, <laughs> How many inches? <laughs> so, um, you know, food is pleasurable, but it's about being sensible with your choices around these kind of higher calorie, more pleasurable. It's 20 inches, James. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyhow. Uh, like I've totally completely lost me with the 20 inches, making, making my eyes water. What happens to your pants? <laughs> so if you think about it, it's, it's, the, it's the shut pattern. up. It's the pattern. <laughs> it's the camouflage. Um, I used the analogy the other day with one of my clients when we were talking about process-based goals, like saying if you are a climber and all you're looking at is the top of the mountain and it's going to take you 12 hours to climb it, then you're going to get frustrated at some point if all you think is like, oh, I'm not the top yet, I'm not the top yet. But you need to focus on every single foothold and handhold and getting to certain points where you can rest and you know move forward and the direction that you're traveling in that's the kind of the process you need to focus on because if you lose sight of that process you're going to fall off you're going to jump off yeah. there's a good one here isn't there is it not um those people who crashed and then they the plane crashed that you really like did they not have a thing where it was always just get to the next yeah they traveled they traveled miles didn't they nando the uh uruguayan um rugby team that crashed in the mountains ended up eating each other. They were dead. But then they had to resort to kind of losing to survive. I could go on about this. I'd like you to go on to the bit I just mentioned if you could. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. So obviously they were super, super hungry. He had his goal in mind. He wanted to get back to see his dad because, you know, his entire family had been wiped out by this plane crash. But they just set small goals as they go along. So he's like, I just want to get to this ridge. I want to get to, you know, this boulder and keep on moving forward like that. So it's just setting up those small goals that are going to keep you to your ultimate small little steps that take you to the ultimate goal yeah i think <clears throat> so james mentioned this before when we were talking about the the podcast to me well, we're rehearsing what we're going to talk about exactly these polished performances um that i'm currently doing some training for the sas who dares wins tv show so there's like a set of goals that are i've got to kind of achieve for this so it's like 10.2 on the bleep test uh 44 press-ups in two minutes no 50 sit-ups a loaded carry and then like a, a weight onto a static platform. Now most of them I'm pretty cool with, except for the running. So I then have a specific target to work towards in a time frame, and it's then building my training around that. And what I would add is that I've kind of changed a little bit in my, maybe my ethos around exercise, because we've always been quite big getting people to try to focus on the weights because it's going to help you get stronger, it's gonna help you build a better body. I found it a lot easier to maintain my weight when my cardio has gone through the roof. Um, it's one of those things that you see sometimes when people, when they first start with the cardio work, is it's really, really hard because your heart is just not used to this. As when people do weights, they're not very strong. So if you've got someone who is overweight and not particularly strong, it's going to be really hard for you to burn any calories. 
because you can't lift very much and you can't work your heart for very long because of the size you are. But the more that you can do, the stronger you can get, the fitter you can get, the more calories you can burn. It just gives you so much wiggle room with your food. I've never eaten so much in probably years. Um, and my weight's just holding steady because my output is just so high. And obviously it's gonna depend on who you are and what you enjoy. But if you can focus on setting progressive goals, so I've been doing 5Ks, I've been doing rowing, I've been doing 40 minute kind of jogs as well. And if you just work and getting better, I'm so keen on people tracking what they're doing. Because otherwise you've just got no idea. People will say, oh, I'm working really hard, I feel like I'm trying really hard. But if you've got no actual proof that you're progressing, then you might not be. Um, and you see it so much in commercial gyms of people feeling like they're trying really hard. Actually, they haven't ever tracked a workout, so they're not really that sure. So it does make such a big difference. Oh, sorry, I just stood on my ground. So, kind of looking at the, the, oh, oh. the processed... <laughs> grow up. The processes that you need, so you, you know where you're at right now, you know what your goal is or kind of how you want to look, how you feel. So you need to look at what is the journey or kind of what are the bits and bats that you need to do that to get there. So do you need to, you know, manage your, so for us, for our clients, they get um, a food score. So it's out of 70 per week. So do you need to hit a minimum food score each week? Do you need to, hit to go to the gym? you know, three times per week? Do you need to, you know, you can go more specific. So do you need to have a high protein breakfast every day? Do you need to drink two liters of water every day? And these are kind of what becomes a process. You can tick those off as you go. So each day, right, get to the day. I drank two liters of water today, tick. I went to the gym today, tick. You know, I did my stretching today, tick. I did my three wins today, tick. So these can all become part of the process that are gonna eventually you know, in the three months, push you towards the goal, which could well be weight loss, you know, could well be, you know, fat loss, which is for most people. Yeah, I think it can be quite a confusing one, process-based goals, because someone in the group said the other day, and this might have been what inspired you to do this podcast, they just said, I'm struggling with process-based goals. Like, the whole sustained system is a process-based goal. Mm. Protein, fats, veg, water, log your food, alcohol, processed foods, carb portions, carb quality and controlling your calories. It's all things that you can look at that will add up to help you lose weight, but they're not actually tracking your weight. You know, no, none of those have got any direct correlation, but the people who get 10 out of 10s consistently do really well, lose loads of weight. So it's, if you just focus on those things rather than thinking, what can I do to lose weight? And I think that I was talking to uh, this PT client of mine this morning, um, saying that for so much of her life, she would think about her food for the day before weighing, and then six days after that, she would yeah. just eat whatever she sees fit. And I think for, for me and you, A, having not been to the dieting clubs, and B, having run sustained for nearly four years, is that you just get used to the way that we run things, and that actually, that's not how it works for the vast majority of people. A lot of people still live in that cycle, where all they're concerned about is their weekly weighing. And so they're, you know, I've sent you screenshots of stuff before where people say, I need to lose three pounds by tomorrow, but I want to eat as much cheese as possible. And it's just this like convoluted way of thinking that is quite funny, but so, so many people live in it. And you need to try and break free from that because it's, you're just going to end up in this awful cycle of six days of unconscious eating for then one day of really focused eating, trying to claw it back. And it's, you, you know, you're never going to win in that sense. You're always going to to hamstring yourself and, and struggle really because it's just not going to be feasible to lose weight that way. Yeah, not, not long term. Anyway. You just need to 
or it's more productive, it's more positive, it's easier to do, it's uh, more momentum for you to do, or more, almost more, yeah, healthier mindset, it's, it's more achievable. If you look at your goal, so say your goal is to lose a stone, then you break down, so what needs to change? So I need to obviously eat better, I need eat to, more protein yeah, you know, I need to um, stop eating shit on lunchtime, so therefore, so one of the processes, I need to make and take my own lunch to work with me. Okay, so I always, um, you know, eat a load of crap when I get in from work because I'm starving. So, okay, so I need to take a snack with me to work. So that becomes another part of your, you know, your process based goal. Take a snack to work every day. Take my own lunch to work today. Um, I generally have the entire weekend off, you know, and just eat shit. Okay, so then part of your process might be like, I'm just going to have one, you know, high calorie meal over a weekend. Or you're reading my mind. Yeah, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to... I limit myself to four alcoholic drinks over a weekend. These can all become, so it doesn't, you know, there's no like, oh, this is how to do process-based goals. It's whatever's going to work for you. Look at your Achilles heel and find a solution to it, I think. Because yeah, so it's just totally breaking it down. So, you know, to go off fat loss again, like say, if your <clears throat> end goal was to get to Edinburgh, then you need to break down the process. So what do you need to do? Right, so I need to, I'm going to get the train. So, right, I need to look at train times. I need to book my train ticket. I need to book some accommodation. These are all things that need to happen to get to that end goal of going to Edinburgh for the weekend or whatever. Do you want to go to Edinburgh for the weekend? Uh, no, no, thanks. No, Glasgow's better. So, it's breaking down what needs to happen. You know, what is kind of missing. It's almost kind of look at what's holding you back from being at your goal right now and then making that part of a journey to tick off. Because like Joe said, you know, if his goal is to do this run in this certain time, then how's he going to get there? You know, so he's going to get there by improving his fitness, by maybe dropping a couple of kilograms so he's lighter, by making sure he gets the miles in on his legs so he's been doing his park runs, albeit hungover. Um, so he's got to make sure that he's hitting those consistently. You know, he's been hitting his rowing routine. So right, I need to do my rowing routine. You know, three times a week. I need to run twice a week. I need to do two weight sessions per week. These all become part of the process. And then each week he goes, right, did I do this, this, and this? And instead of just going, I'm going to eat as well as I can, I'm going to exercise when I can, and then I'll see how I do on the scale. Scale says something you don't like, get disappointed, you go into this vicious cycle of then just eating a load of shit and drinking a lot of wine. Don't you, Joe? And it, is, and it is an inconvenience, you know, a lot of people when they first start, especially like the food prep side of these things, is that it's something, it's especially difficult because it's so new to you. And that previously, if you think about going into a restaurant and people say they feel really restricted, it's because they've been able to eat anything they want and suddenly they feel quite restricted because they don't have many options. But there are lots of options and it just means you've got to spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes looking for the food, you know, five minutes out of your day to buy it and then, you know, however long it takes to prep it. But the better you get at these key skills, the easier it's going to be. So me and James are a bit different here. I prep a lot of my food and James tends to buy stuff kind of on the hoof a little bit more, but both work really well. And both are quite low effort for both of us. So if I cook, you know, the other day I did 13 portions of a meal that I really enjoy. And this has come down from me taking the time to find a couple of meals I absolutely love. And I don't mind eating repeatedly. And obviously that's going to be horses for courses. But if you can do that, you've basically got a way to lose fat or to eat well consistently that takes so little time. You know, I, all I have to do is cook a bit of rice and a bit of veg every now and then and defrost some stuff. And I've got food for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it's brilliant for me because I don't want to think about it that much. And same for James, he can just pick stuff up from the shop. Because he's got used to going in and buying, you know, 
the, the Morrison's meals were the things that you used to eat and then yeah. sort of cooked ham. Because, it, because he's done it before, because it's an ingrained pattern, if you just walk into Morrison's, then you've got to decide other supermarkets are available. Then it's quite hard because you don't know what you're eating, you don't know what's going to work for you, you don't know what you enjoy. So you see it sometimes, people will buy something, it won't taste very good, they'll order a takeaway. It's just a lesson learned because then when they do find something they really like, it's a step in the right direction again. And it's building up that bank of solutions to problems. So you know, it's really easy for, for myself and James because we've got that skill set, because it's something we've worked on. So I know that if I leave the house in the morning, A, I've probably got food ready already, and if not, then I know I can go to the Asda near here and pick up certain bits, or I can just do something, you know, I can grab a takeaway that's more nutritious as well. And the more of those solutions you find... Like chicken on a pizza. Yeah, kind of, yeah, not so much. <laughs> then the more of those solutions you find, and the less bullshit excuses you've got, because it's so often we see people will just give kind of weak excuses, and then someone else can find a solution around it. One of my most successful clients at the moment was saying, well, I've just not got any real excuses. I don't have to commute. I don't have, you know, my job's quite low stress. And I just said, but everyone can always, there's always an excuse. There's always a reason to not do it. You know, you can't detract from the fact that this lady has lost 19 pounds in nine weeks because she's found solutions to problems because she eats consistently. So, you know, fair play to her. A detraction from process-based goals. Yeah, but just, just to kind of reiterate what you just said there, like Joe does a lot of batch cooking because that fits his lifestyle, you know, fits what he wants to do. Whereas, you know, and that's great because like you said, he's got, he's kind of taken away one excuse or one possible reason that he could fuck up on his diet <laughs> because he's got food, you know, good food, good food choice, good meal choice, and it's already good to go. It's already cooked. All he has to do is heat up, and like I said, maybe cook some rice, maybe cook some vegetables to go with it. But the bulk of the work is already done. Whereas I prefer to eat something a little bit different so I might kind of like Joe said go into the supermarket and then pick something up for my dinner you know each day but that's relying more on like Joe said you know a skill set that I've developed to make a good choice and if you don't have that skill set and then you just go I don't know what to eat fuck it I'm going to get a pizza I'll see what's in at home then you know going towards kind of batch cooking is a better option for you it's just kind of it's showing that you have that food there's good choices that are you know good to go of course you're already cooked one thing that I've enjoyed saying to my clients recently is we've done this for nearly four years now no one has ever lost weight and said to me afterwards do you know what Joe that wasn't worth it I wish that I just had more of XYZ because yeah. it's always worth that effort you know when the people when people stop looking for excuses or they find a way to make it work and they put that time in I've forgotten is it is it Paul Mortis as you know knowledge isn't power actions power and it's a lot of line knowledge, isn't it? A lot of the time when I ask people questions, they'll give me the answer, but then it's the people who do that and the people who act on it. So we're saying, what protein and veg sources and meals do you like? It's the person who the next day has actually cooked those things that's really successful. If you just say to me, I like all veg, and then your next five days have got no more veg in, there's not a lot more I can do here. Mm. You know, it comes to a point where people have to take it upon themselves. I'll help you try and find the easiest solutions for you, and give ideas and ask you the right questions. But it's then acting upon these that's going to make a big. We're going to make the difference. The knowledge is is not what people need. You need to find a way to implement it. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a small tweak in mindset and in language as well. Where we get a lot of people who just say, um, you know, what do you think you need to be successful? Like, oh well, I need to be um, cooking more of my meals and planning my meals, and I need to go to the gym more often and stuff like that. It's like, okay, but what are you actually going to do? Because it's very easy for me to start a plan. So if I went on. If I was a sustained client or something, I'd just say, right, what I need to do for the next three weeks is stick to the plan like, what's your phrase, shit to a blanket? 
Mm, I don't think so. I think it is. <laughs> stick to the, stick to this plan. One hundred percent. I've definitely heard that from you. <laughs> stick to this plan one hundred percent and exercise regularly. Like yeah, of course, everyone needs to do that. But how are you going to do that? And that's when you come down to process best goals, right? I'm going to make sure that I you know pack my gym bag and take it with me to work so that I can go to the gym after work or before work. You know, it's just looking at the bits and bats that you're actually going to do that you're going to put into play that are going to push you towards that goal. Yeah, the more specific these are, the better. I'm quite hot on saying to people, like specifically, how are you going to do this? So what I'm looking for there is, I'm going to buy some prawns from MS on Monday lunchtime, because then you've got a set plan that's specific to you, that's something that you enjoy doing. Whereas if people say, I'm going to prep some food, or I'm going to have good options, it's so vague. Whereas you've then set a time and a location and so, you know, all you've got to do then is actually get to MS because you know what time, you know what you're buying, and you know where you're going. You're just eliminating chances to go off plan and to, and to go wrong. And it's the more specific you can be now, the easier it's going to be long term. Whereas when people kind of give those vague, wishy washy, I'm going to prep, I'm going to get some good food in, and then it just doesn't happen. And then you're on to another week where it's the same, same shit, different day. Whereas the more, I'll say it again, specific you can be, then the easier everything's going to get from there. And it, it is hard at first because people aren't used to it. But once you get used to that, it becomes automatic. So like with you going to Morrison's, you go in, you know your five meals, you, you've got your choices. Same with me and my things like buying ham or just buying cooked meat, because it's just something that's low calorie, high protein, super filling, it's gonna stabilize my blood sugar. And I know that works really well, yeah, not just for me, it's, but it's for everyone. It's also that we've kind of, you've already kind of, because you've tried and tested by us, you've collected that evidence where I know if I'm really hungry, I'm gonna crave pizza because I really enjoy eating pizza. But then if I know, because I've had it, done it enough times, that if I go to the supermarket and I buy a tub of cottage cheese, or I buy a pack of ham and I eat that, I know from previous experience that I'm not going to want to really eat that pizza. I wake up the next day yeah. really, really glad. I I'm not really, really thirsty. Flat. Yeah, <laughs> not, not really bloated and doughy. Yeah, really farty. Um, so it's just collecting that. So I think just try and clarify a bit more of the process based goals. So for me, I'm going to do like four weeks now where I'm going to try and drop a little bit of weight. So instead of me just totally 100% focusing on what the scales are saying, because I know, you know, I did a week of weighing in and I ranged from 110 kilos on the Monday to like 113 the following Monday, which would be like, oh my God, I gained three kilos. <laughs> you are massive. But yeah, <laughs> the 100, a lot of it's back end. You're so much bigger than me. <laughs> a lot of the, the 110 kilos at the start of the week was a complete, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? Misnomer. Misnomer. Let's go for that. Means you, no. you looked a bit thin then. I was a bit worried. I went, I went you know, <laughs> my weight went 111, 112, 113, back down to 111. You know, it, my weight just moving around so much, like by two kilos, just from how much I've drunk and what I've eaten. How many pizzas you've had? How many pizzas I've had? How many meal long pizzas I've had? Um, so I'm going to set some process-based goals, and we might even do a little process-based challenge. So I'm going to be right. I need to hit a minimum of four weight workouts a week I need to stretch minimum of four times a week because my flexibility is terrible only short ones only 20 minutes uh, I need to hit my protein veg fat and water every single day and then I might throw a few different ones in there. you know I'm going to limit my treats you know schedule those in as well so those are kind of the processes that I'm going to follow for four <laughs> weeks and that will result me losing weight because funnily enough when I train really hard and regularly and I eat really well and regularly consistently yeah I lose <coughs> weight you know what I mean so it's not so much it's taking the emphasis out of just what is my weight what is my weight what is my weight because I know how easily that number can be skewed 
So I'm going to focus on every, doing everything right. And then each day, did I have my protein, fats, veg, water? Yes, tick. Did I train today? Yes, tick. Get to the end of the week, did I do four work sessions? Actually, I did six. Brilliant. Did I stretch four Steady. times? Well, maybe five times. Did I stretch, you know, four times? Yeah, I did five. Oh, even better. Tick. You know what I mean? And that's just nice positive end to my week instead of going, well, I did this, this, and this, but I only lost a pound, that yeah. old chestnut. Mm. It's a more positive journey to your result. So look at what is going to push you towards what your actual goal is, which could be fat loss, weight loss, whatever you want to call it. And how are you going to achieve that? Mm. And focus on that over focusing on the number on a scale, which can be fucking skewed by six million different things. Yeah. Good. Right. Yes. Yeah, happy with that. Right, that's us. If you have any questions, fire them across. You know, big old head out of there. If you have any suggestions or podcasts that you want to listen to, then let us know and we'll take it on board. But thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. And the power of Christ compels you. <laughs>